0: Bismillah rahman rahim In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. The Islamic Propagation Office at Rabwa, www.islamhouse.com, is pleased to present to you this
1: lecture. <speaking in Hebrew> واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فردا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها فإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار وإنما توعدون لآت وما أنتم بمعجزين Praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is the only one worthy of praise I seek his help, his guidance and his forgiveness I believe in him and I trust him I seek refuge in Almighty Allah from the evil of our passions. Indeed, whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides him to Islam, no one can mislead him after Allah. And whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts him astray, no one can guide him after Allah. I testify openly that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah Al Alameen. And I testify that Muhammad sallallahu wa sallam is his messenger and the seal of all the prophets. O Muslims, you must know that the best speech is the speech of Almighty Allah, which is the Quran. The best guidance is the course of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is his sunnah. The words of all affairs is innovation and addition to the religion of islam Indeed, every addition to the religion of Islam will lead to hellfire. I adjure you, as well as myself, to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the best of your ability. Fear Allah and don't die unless you are Muslims. After this, I greet you all with the greeting of Islam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May the peace and the blessing of Almighty Allah be with you all. Insha'Allah, this is a continuation of our series for explanation of Kitab Riyad As-Saliheen. Kitab Riyadh al saliheen Garden of the Righteousness, written by Imam Al-Nawawi, Rahmatullahi Alayh, and the explanation by Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih Al-Utaymeen. May Allah shower his soul with his mercy. And today, Insha'Allah, we are In hadith number 19 after 1000. And we're still talking about the same chapter related to the virtues and the excellency of reciting certain and specific surahs and ayat from the book of Allah. This hadith which by Ubay ibn Ka'b radiallahu anhu, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, يا أبا المنذر أتدري أي آية من كتاب الله معك أعظم قلت الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم. فضرب في صدري وقال يهنأك العلم أبا المنذر رواه مسلم The Prophet of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم had asked obey ibn كعب May Allah be pleased with him. And he asked him, O oh, Abal al-Munzir, do you know which is the greatest verse that you possess this out of the Qur'an? So, Ka'b, may Allah be pleased with him, said, Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum, i.e. the verse of ayatul kursi. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa him or broke him on his chest and saying, let be the knowledge nourished you of father al-Munzir. So this hadith still talks about the excellency and the superiority of Ayatul Kursi, which is the greatest verse in the book of Allah. Which in Surah number two, verse two fifty-five. This hadith now is explained by Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih al usameen and he said what the meaning is. This hadith, which Imam Nawawi, rahmatullahi alayhi, had mentioned in his book Guardian of the Righteousness, related to the chapter the Excellency of reciting specific verses in the Quran. As we stated before about the virtues and the reward of Ayatul Kursi. Ayatul Kursi is the greatest verse in the book of Allah. We had explained most of this verse. Today we want to indulge with the remaining part of it. Which is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء I.E. The creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They did not get any of Allah His knowledge unless that Allah permit. We did not understand in fully everything from what Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala know. اذ الله استيدك ان ذا عالم الغيب فلا يظهر على غيبه احد الا من ارتضى من رسول فانه يسلك من بين يديه ومن ومن خلفه رصد في الجن سين الله سبحانه وتعالى إذا نور اوف ذا ان And he doesn't expose the unseen to anyone Unless whom Allah is pleased from messengers As a result of this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him some of this knowledge So we get some of the knowledge about certain things But we don't have the knowledge of everything Or everything related to what we know. I.e. We don't know. We know some about Allah. Some about the essence of Allah. Some of the names of Allah. Some of the attributes of Allah. But we only know what Allah permits. What Allah releases to us. As a result of this, the scholars, may Allah shower them with his mercy, they said. They said that asma'u Allahi the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the sifat, the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, That means we don't talk about it or we don't negate any of it unless that the Sharia said something about it. I.e. We only know about the names of Allah, what He taught us, but we don't know all Allah's names. We know some of the attributes of Allah which He told us in His book or His Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam In his sunnah. But we don't know all of Allah's attributes. And this shows you the deficiency of the human being in his knowledge. And that the knowledge of the human being always needs Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That a human being always in need to Allah to know about Allah. And that we always have to ask Allah and beg Allah to teach us. Regardless if re- related to the deen or the dunya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who this, the knowledge of the deen and the knowledge of the dunya in a full sense. What we know a little compared to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows is almost like nothing is a little drop out of ocean. Therefore, in addition to what in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, we have to always call in Allah to teach us and to guide us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, wal-arḍ," The kursi of Allah, or the chair of Allah, extends over the heaven, extends over the heaven and the earth. What does it mean the Kursi? The translation of the word Kursi in English is the chair. Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, he explained, al courtesy to be mawdi the place of the foot, foot of Allah, the footstool of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that the courtesy is less than the arsh. The chair is la, or the footstool of Almighty Allah, much, much lesser than the throne it came in the حديث ورسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said, ما السماوات السبع والأراضون السبع في الكرسي إلا كحلقة ألقيت في فلاه من الأرض وإن فضل العرش على الكرسي كفضل الفلات على هذه الحلقة the Prophet Sallallahu giving example and comparison between the heaven and the earth and Al-Qursi. He said that the seven heaven and the seven earth compared to the chair of Almighty Allah is like a small circle, metal or a small bangle or a bracelet that you throw it in the middle of a great desert. So can you imagine the bracelet that a woman put in her hand? If you take this bracelet and you throw it in the middle of a great desert. It's no comparison between the bracelet and the desert. So this is uh, almost the size of the cursi if it's compared to the seven and the heaven, the seven and the earth, is equal to the, the bracelet, and the kursi is compared to, with what? With the desert. Now, if we compare, the kursi to the throne of almighty Allah, will be almost the same way, that the kursi will be, like a, Bracelet, if you compare it to, to the throne. So the throne, I hope you excuse me, I'm not feeling good, okay? So, my voice and my headache, so be patient with me. So the throne, is equal to the great desert or resemble the great desert and the kursi is resemble the small bracelet so if Allah says if the kursi which is much 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 lesser than the throne extend over the heaven and the earth is greater and bigger than the earth and the skies, all of them. Okay? So can you imagine how great is the throne? The throne is much greater than the Corsi. Now if you think about the creator of the throne, Almighty Allah is is beyond even our imagination and beyond a words that can describe this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا يَعُودُهُ حِفْظُهُمَا وَلَا yauduhu حِفْظُهُمَا That mean is no fatigue. Takes over Allah by keeping the heaven and the earth, and taking care of all this creation to be in its place. That means Allah guards the heaven, the skies, the earth, and whatever creation that dwell in it, from oceans, suns, moons, mountains, stars, all these things. It doesn't take Allah too much, to keep the things running smoothly and in order and no problem for keeping these things to be running in the proper way. In addition to this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking care of the human being, feeding them, nourishing them, raising them, animals, ants, Everything, so the whole creation is dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَهُوَ al And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Ali and is Al-Azim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most greatest and the most high. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Ali, that means the most high. What does it mean the most high? In two meanings, two senses of this. What does this mean? That Allah is high in position and place, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala high in His essence. He is above all nonsense and all deficiency. And all weakness and fatigue. And also Allah high in a place and in meaning. So he is the most high in the full sense of the word. So he is above his throne. And all his quality is so high and good. To him is the honor and the mighty. And by reflecting in the meaning of this verse, verse Surah 2, verse 255, it shows you why Ayatul Kursi is the greatest verse in the whole Quran. Now, going back to Hadith Abu Huraira, when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam put him in charge of the cattle Fitr, now, Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al Husaymeen rahmatullahi alayhi say, We benefit from that hadith, many things, which some of it is, The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa had bought Abu Huraira radiallahu an, in charge of Sadaqat al-Fitra, the Zakah. And Sadaqah al is the obligatory charity which we give it in the end of Ramadan out of food before the Eid, two days or three days. This Sadaka or this Zakah, it has to be out of the food, i.e. from what the people normally eat. dates, barley, rice, etc. is not acceptable to be given in any other form. As example, if somebody instead of giving food, he bought six, five suits or soaps or shirts and gave it to the poor people, this is not going to take the place of sadaqatul fitr It has to be food. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had put Abu Hurairah to be in charge of the Sadaqah of Fitr. In a day, a person came in a form of a human being and started stealing from this Sadaqah without permission. Without Abu Hurairah giving him permission or getting approval from the Prophet. Abu Hurairah took him and said, I'm going to take you to the Prophet wasallam." So this person, he got scared. And he claimed that he's a poor person. That he is in need. Abu Hurairah radiyallahu felt sorry for him. He let him go. But in the morning, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is already been informed by his Lord through the revelation. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam questioned Abu Bakr in Salat al-Fajr ما فعل أسيرك البارحة What happened with the man that you caught him last night? To the end of the story. And we see in the last time that this person said to Abu Hurairah after he caught him three times because he could not keep giving him the same story. I'm a poor man, I have a large family. So finally he said to Abu Huraira, what? Let me go and I will teach you something which Allah will benefit you with it. He asked him what it is. He said that you're a sight. The verse of al Qursi before you go to sleep, Allah will send a watcher over you, to watch you over the night. No shaitan will touch you until the morning. The Prophet ﷺ, in response to this statement, he said to Abu Huraira. أَمَا إِنَّهُ وَهُوَ Indeed, he told you the truth, but he is a liar. That means, he's a liar, this is his habit. This is his nature, to be a liar. But this time, the information he gives you is true. The same one, that who deceived Adam. When he was in Jannah. He said to him. هَلْ عَلَى شَجَرَةِ الْخُلْدِ وَمُلْكِ Should I lead you. To a tree of. Life forever. Eternity. And a kingdom that never. Perished. That mean. O oh Adam. If you eat from this tree you will live forever and you will be a king and this kingdom will be there for you forever so the shaitan came to Adam and Hawa and he swear by Allah that he is the advisor but he is a liar he's trying to teach to deceive them. So here the same way the Prophet ﷺ saying he is a liar but when he told you about this Ayatul Kursi he gave you the truth this time. This story of Abu Huraira and the Shaitan it had a lot of benefit. And a lot of lessons that we are supposed to learn it. Number one. That it, it is permissible for people to give. al fitr. To those who are in charge. The ruler. The people of the, in charge of their affairs. So if the Imam of the Muslim community. Or the leader or the Khalifa. Of the Muslim Ummah. He made a group or a committee in charge of the zakah, and they went to collect so the people will give them the zakah. And by giving it to this group or this representative of the imam, now you are free from your obligation. Number two. We learn from this story that the representative of the imam has the right to dispose and to handle things in the proper way as long as the imam or the person who is in charge gives him this authority. Because we see that Abu Hurairah, when this man came to steal, and after this he caught him and complained about his case, Abu Hurairah let him go with the food that he had stole. Okay? So this shows you that if you put a person in charge of doing something, and some something came up and the person decide to do something, he will have the right to exercise his opinion how to deal with this case as long as the person who put him in a charge will agree about it. Number three. All also we learn from this story the ability of the shaitans to disguise himself in a form of a human being. Usually he come in a form of a dog. Some of the scholars explain the statement of Rasulullah Sallallahu The black dog is a shaitan. That means that the shayateen can disguise himself in a form of a black dog. But. The real meaning. And the most correct. Understanding of the hadith. That al-talbul aswadu shaitan. That mean he is the shaitan of the dogs. That mean he's the worst kind. And the most harmful. Also, the shayateen can disguise themselves in a form of animals, as example, cats. Also, they can come in a form of snakes. It came in the hadith concerning the young man from the Ansar who just got married. When he came back home, he saw saw his wife standing by the door. He was so disturbed. What are you doing standing by the outside door? She told him, go ahead inside the house. You will see the reason why I'm out. When he went inside the house, he saw in his bed a great snake. He took his arrow and he shot it. The snake died and the man immediately died also. The sahaba said we don't know which one had died first. The snake or the man. That because this snake was a jinn. So when the sahabi kill her the family of the jinn attack him back and they kill him. As a result of this, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi forbid us to kill the snakes that they lived in the house. Special kind of snakes. So when you see this kind of snakes in your house, you have to give them a permission And you have to give them a warning for three nights. And after this, if you see it after the third night, now you can kill it. Because if this is not a real snake, but a jinn, if you tell them, I ask you to leave. I'm warning you to leave my house. Otherwise, I'm going to do such and such. So if is is a true jinn disguise himself or herself in a snake, he by this time will leave. Otherwise, after three days you can kill it because this is a real snake is not a jinn. But the Prophet ﷺ had permitted had made exception for other two kinds of snakes. One called al Aptar and Zut-Tafiyatayn. zut This is a type of snakes that has two straight lines on his back. So basically, the Arab and the Bedouin people, they are familiar with this type that the Prophet ﷺ saying He say when you see this, this could not be a jinn. And they are very harmful snakes and the person have the right to kill them immediately. Number four, we learn from this hadith and this incident that it is permissible to give the cat al-fitr before the Eid even more than two nights before the Eid as long that you are not giving it to the poor person you're giving it to the people who are in charge also this hadith is shows us one of the miracles of the prophet sallallahu which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exposed him to some of the unseen and send the wahi to him and let him know about what happened with Abu Hurairah even before Abu Hurairah go to the mosque and tell the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Number six. We learn from this hadith that before we go to sleep that we recite ayatul kursi from the beginning. Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al qayyum. To the end. And it ended by, وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمُ. If you do so, you'll be protected from the shaitan all the night until the morning. Allah will send the angel to be in charge of you until the morning. Sheikh Ibn Usaymin Rahmatullah Alayhi saying, the grandfather of this person who calling the adhan in our mosque, had told me about a story. Which is that he used to recite Ayatul Kursi every night before he got sleep. One night he forgot to recite Ayatul Kursi and he got stung by a scorpion that night. So a man for one night he forgot so he didn't have a protection and this had happened to him in the night that he forgot رسائت آية القرسي number seven and please pay attention please pay double attention to this قبول الحق ولو جاء من أي إنسان حتى ولو كان شيطانا أو مشركا حتى ولو كان يهوديا أو نصرانيا فإن الله قبل الحق من المشركين والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قبل الحق من اليهودي وأقر الحق من الشيطان كما في هذا الحديث أما قبول الله من المشركين وإذا فعلوا فاحشة قالوا وجدنا عليها آباءنا والله أمرنا بها فتعللوا بعلتين أنهم وجدوا عليها آباءهم والثانية أن الله أمرهم بها فقال تعالى قل إن الله لا يأمر بالفحشاء وسكت عن قولهم وجدنا عليها آباءنا لأنه حق صحيح وجدوا آباءهم على هذه الفحشاء لكن الله لم يأمرهم بها which is the meaning is We should, we must accept truth. Doesn't matter. If this information is correct, we have to accept it, even if it comes from a shaitan, or a mushrik, or a Jew, or a Christian, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he had accepted truth from the mushrikeen. And the Prophet accepted the truth from the Jews. And the Prophet ﷺ emit the truth from the shaytan. As example in the Quran, the mushrikeen, they said, they said, Allah is saying, and when they commit an evil act, they will say, we inherit this from our ancestors. And Allah commands us to do so. So their excuse for what they're doing, that they inherited from their ancestors. Second excuse that Allah commands them. But Allah refuted them in the Quran by saying, inna la Say, O Muhammad, indeed Allah doesn't command or order evil deeds. But Allah didn't make any refutation concerning the other statement when they said we inherit this from our ancestors. That because it is true they inherit some of this evil deed from their ancestors but Allah did not order them to do so. As for the Prophet wasallam had accepted the truth from the Jewish when one of their monks and their priests came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he said, We see in our book that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will put the skies on one finger in the day of judgment. And He will put the earth in one finger and he will put all the trees on one finger. And after this, in the end of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, he left and to confirm what the Jew had said to him. And he recites in confirmation to this an affirmation وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ وَالْأَرْضُ جَمِيعًا قَبْضَتُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَالْسَّمَاوَاتُ مَطْوِيَّاتٌ بِيَمِينِهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ عَمَّا يُشْرِكُونَ They did not estimate Allah in the proper estimation And all the earth in him, in His hand fist in the day of judgment And the heavens are folded in His right hand Glory be to Him Who was the associate beside him And here also the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is this hadith He confirmed and affirmed Truth came from the shaitan. Therefore Muslims We need to accept The truth When it comes to us Doesn't matter Who's giving us the truth And also we reject falsehood. Doesn't matter comes from who. Therefore, we stand for the truth. We again is the falsehood. Doesn't matter the truth is said by who. And we reject the truth. Doesn't matter who holding to it or say. As a result of this, Some of the wise words that we inherit from our scholars We know men by them holding to the truth But we don't know the truth because we know men That means we accept truth That because is truth Not because who's saying it. We accept the hadith. We accept the Quran. We accept the fatwa. Because it's matching Quran and hadith. Not because Sheikh so and so said it. Now we accept it. But if Muhammad Adli as example said it. Now we say it, no trash it. No, the fatwa if it's matching Quran and hadith and other great scholars, they said it, even in another scholar in another country doesn't say it, doesn't matter. We going to accept the truth because it's truth, not because Sheikh so and so it, or he's against it, because men, still men, they have their own deficiency, and they have their own faults, and they can make mistakes, or they, whatever reason. So we are not going to turn away from the truth, because Sheikh so-and-so didn't confirm what so-and-so said. Inshallah, brothers and sisters, we're going to stop here. The tape about to finish, and my voice is about to Go. Bless you understand, I still have to start my other class here, which is supposed to be starting three minutes ago. So I will appreciate that you excuse me, and inshallah we'll finish with another chapter. We'll be starting later on about Surah Al-Kahf and the excellency of reciting Surah Al-Kahf or the first ten verses of Surah Al-Kahf, inshallah. Thank you for listening. And you forgive me for not entertaining your questions. Today, like I said, I'm not feeling good. I hope that you make dua for me, inshaAllah. Allah khairan, and Allah knows this.
0: In conclusion, we ask Allah that He brings you benefit through this lecture. For more information, you may contact us through the following address. The Islamic Propagation Office, Rabwa. P.O. Box 29465. Rial 11457. Saudi Arabia. Phone 445 4900. Also 491 6065. Fax 497 0126. If you would like to listen to more beneficial lectures, Feel free to visit our website at www.islamhouse.com Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.